All right, welcome back to PNTT Previews. Uh, this is Coach JKB, and I am joined by Future Star. How are you doing, Future? Good. How about you, Coach? I am swell. I am excited. I brought in a double-digit ranked class. All, all hands in the air for that. And uh, <laughs> and I'm just looking forward to having an easy time of it for the first couple of weeks. Um, we're covering the Stewart Group. Uh, the Stewart Group involves Huntington Beach, Salt Lake City, Montpelier, and Reno. So I'm going to get us started right at it with Huntington Beach. Um, just to give the, the preview of what Huntington Beach looks like, they graduated a 116-157 class, and then they uh, recruited a 79-117 class. So you kind of think garbage in, garbage out, but that might not be the case. This is a team that really relied on their two starting big guys who were both seniors last year, 6'10 and 6'11. Uh, what do you see, man? Um, yeah, so the, the, the most of their scoring comes from, from their guards and their wings, but they, like I said, they do lose two senior uh, big men that were not only, you know, quality players, but they're good rebounders, good rim, def- uh, good rim protectors. Um, the good thing about this uh, new freshman class is it looks like they kind of replaced what they lost with more of the same, not quite the same height, um, no 6'10", no 6'11", but all 6'8", 6'9", and built in kind of the same mold, um, all double-digit rebounders in high school, all good rim protectors, all averaging uh, 2.4 blocks or more each. So I think while they may not be quite as impactful as what they lost, I think they're they're going to provide more of the same. Like, has Huntington Beach stumbled onto some secret formula where they're getting these big guys who can rebound, but they're, like, underlooked by the mags? Are they being underlooked by other recruiters? I wonder if you got these guys in clear leads. I, I don't know, but... Yeah, I don't know. I think the one thing I, I've learned over time is I think sometimes uh, the, the magazine rankings, they they like certain things more than others. And, and none of these guys are particularly great passers. Um, some of them turn the ball over a little bit. So I'm thinking maybe some of these guys are like poor hands or none hands. And the magazines sometimes look uh, look down on things like that. But that doesn't mean they can't be effective. Um uh, I would have liked to seen them get some guys who could pass a little bit because that's one area where they did not uh, perform particularly well last year. They don't share the ball They're, I mean, as a team, they're only averaging 10 assists per game, which has got to be near the bottom of the league, but they're still average 76 points a game and shot 50% from the field. So maybe it's not as important as we think. No, I hear you completely. Now I'm looking at their recent history and they they've been a top 12 team at the end of the season for the last three years even though last year they kind of crashed out of the NTT really early, ended up with sort of a, a bad tournament appearance. Um, their their key guy last year was a freshman point guard, Raphael Titus, who was a great scorer, almost 22 points a game on 57% true shooting, but certainly not like the kind of point guard you'd, you'd want to have being a floor general, uh, th- over three turnovers a game. So it, it kind of seems like they have talent, but maybe not like a, a roster like this in the shape of a roster, right? Right. Straight, yeah. And, they, and somehow they ended up finishing 49th in the NTT and they, uh, they only lost three games. So I wonder, I don't know if they were undefeated coming into the NTT and their schedule wasn't that great. Um, maybe their conference isn't that great because that's what their, I'm st- seeing. Their, their strength yep. of schedule was 112 even after playing in the NTT. So it must've been pretty low going in so um yeah it's maybe one of those teams that where their deficiencies are hidden a little bit by playing a little weaker strength of schedule then once they play a little tougher games it kind of gets exposed a little bit maybe 
that that's the sense I'm getting, and it's tough on them, right? Because they're going to be the top seed in here, so they have some. Uh, they have to defend their dignity and the uh, and be the favorites. Right, right, yeah. So it'll be interesting to see how it plays out against you know what what is typically a tougher schedule in this tournament, and and they do have some tough games, some really tough games. So so they'll be tested for sure. Let's look at Salt Lake City is next because I think uh, they might be an example of what's going to make things tougher on them. Uh, Salt Lake City has been in the NTT several several seasons in a row. I'm actually scrolling down the page. It's been since season eight that they didn't make the NTT. So this is a very regular and consistent team. Um, they lost a, a the what's that the nineteenth slash thirtieth class is who they just graduated, but they brought in a slightly better one. The thirteen slash seventeenth ranked freshman. Uh, what do you see on Salt Lake City? Um, yeah, so they they one one thing they do do is they they run a really tall team, and it looks like they're going to do more of the same. Um, they lost uh, their power forward who's six nine, but they were running a six five point guard, six seven shooting guard, six ten small forward. Um, but they bring in uh, guys who are six six, six seven, and six three. So I figure maybe. Uh, Jaheim Baker, who is playing small forward at 6'10", maybe he'll slide to power forward sure. um, and bring in one of these guys uh, uh, from their freshman class and slide him into a small forward position. Or maybe even, I don't know, off the bench, they have this guy, Keonta Kelly, who has scored 12 points a game off the bench. Maybe he goes in. But um, it looks like they, while they lose a couple starters, the freshmen that they bring in are pretty highly acclaimed. So I think a couple of the guys will find spots. Yeah, I'm, I'm interested in seeing what happens with Devon Claiborne. That was their shooting guard last year. He didn't produce much. He didn't score a lot. He didn't score well. He didn't really defend or pass. Um, so there's, I feel like there's room for two of these freshmen to come in and start. With a highly ranked class last like that, uh, Bruce Hernandez and Blake Mason are both they're six six and six seven, so they're they're perfect for that two and three spot, and they both shoot the lights out at like sixty percent true shooting. Right, and uh, Bruce Hernandez is a guy that, that passed pretty well for for a shooting guard. So um, I, with what uh, Salt Lake City likes to run, I wonder even if maybe he slides into the point guard spot um, because yeah. they lose Jason Gardner, who was a six five point guard. And he wasn't a, a, like a, a true point guard in the sense that he doesn't get a ton of assists per game. But Bruce Hernandez is a guy that got three and a half assists per game and moving to the point guard spot might actually improve those numbers. So he could be a good replacement there. Yeah. So Salt Lake City ends up with one of these tougher schedules, too, though, because, you know, they have to play the, the one seed in their own bracket. Of course, Huntington Beach will close out their season, but they get to deal with your team in Rockford in the exhibition game. So um, they need to figure out that lineup pretty quick is what I'm thinking. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, we're in much the same boat, but um, it's, Salt Lake City is, is definitely going to have some some tough games out of group, and they're in a fairly tough group themselves, you know, facing both Huntington Beach. Even though Huntington Beach has a few things to prove, they are a good team, and then Montpelier also. You know, that's a good segue, too, because Montpelier looks like a looks like an upset pick, but let's talk about him first and let's look at the numbers. Um, they graduated the 111-94 class, so maybe no big losses there. Um, oh, no, no, no. That's sorry. That's their current seniors. They graduated the 95 64 class and brought in 66 92. So those numbers are just about the same, actually. It looks like they might balance out from an overall talent perspective. But I looked at the class rankings and they're actually 12th overall in talent in the league. Um, so it's kind of weird seeing them stuck down here in a three seed. They look like they might have the talent to be a one seed. Um, 
Is there something holding them back? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, they they made the NTT last year, but only as a 14 seed. Um, they're a team that definitely looks like they're kind of on the rise. This is a team that was a, a constant DTT team, P, uh, RTT team. Uh, but since Coach uh, Coach Russ has taken over, they've moved up to PTT and NTT the last couple seasons. So uh, maybe this is just kind of one of those things that uh, he's taken a few seasons to evaluate the roster, see what he needs, and, and now he's getting them rolling. You know, so I did. I just peeked at their conference to see what, what's going on in terms of that, uh, you know, that success margin. Um, they do have to deal with the, the preseason number one in their own division. That's the Carnegie Peanuts. And they get a bunch of high-ranked classes uh, loaded in there. So they've been, they've been sort of button heads against some really tough teams. And there's another team on the other side of the bracket that's uh, – Morgantown makes uh, makes more NTTs than they miss over the course of their history. So yeah, and Rochester is also in their half of the division too. And uh, they, they don't do have they a... have an active coach in Rochester? <laughs> I'm not sure. Jimmy, you know, he's a hard guy to figure. You know, sometimes he's there, sometimes he's not. Um, okay, but okay, that's also expecting. but but that's also a team that even though they have a, a, a you know not a great preseason ranking, that's a team that's that, that's usually an NTT team. So um, Montpelier is, is in a real tough half of their of their division. So that would explain kind of their their kind of mediocre win loss record last year. All right, thanks for bearing with me through that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so they've graduated a starting center, uh, Christian Thomas. That's a six eleven guy, and they've brought in three guys. With some decent size, six eight, six nine, six ten, do these freshmen slot into the lineup? Do you think? Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, they have uh, Seth Harvey, uh, yeah. who's the backup center. He's a senior. senior. Um, he's not exactly the same type player as Christian Thomas. Christian Thomas was more of a passer. Um, Seth Harvey probably a little better defender. So I don't right. know which way they want to go. They could, if they want to go with the same type of player as Christian Thomas, they can go to the, one of the freshmen, Aaron Anderson. Even though he's a couple inches shorter, he's probably a, a player in the same mold um, sure. as Thomas. So I don't know if they want to do that, but they have some options. And, and you're right, but even with those options, they have a chance to maybe have the best big men in this bracket, right? Since Huntington Beach graduated their starters, and and Salt Lake City is more of a guard-oriented team, so. Yeah, yeah, and they're and then like uh, like the previous team, Salt Lake City. They're a really tall team. I mean, they they're going to go six five, six seven, six seven. You know, in their guard yeah. and wing spots. So I mean, they're they're going to be a, a a tough team to face. But the one thing that's interesting about that is even though they they're going really tall, I mean, they had no player in the rotation last year under six five. They actually were out rebounded for the season. So I don't know if that's a function of um, the tough schedule or if maybe these guys are big, but maybe not that athletic or whatever because they were only getting six blocks per game even though they were uh, as tall as they were so um, we'll see how that plays out maybe some of these guys that they bring in will will help them there sure and and uh, i'll throw one other thing in favor of montpelier because i think i'm going to make my pick but let's wait until we're done with all this um their schedule is pretty favorable the uh the non-conference games they have to play uh basically all three of those teams struck out in recruiting uh, might have been one or two good guys, but but there's looks like you know there's an opportunity them for them to go on a run in the middle of the tournament uh, to yeah. give themselves a chance by the by the sixth game. Yeah, absolutely, especially compared to the schedules of the, of the top two teams in this group. Right, right, all right. After Montpelier, we're going to go to Reno. Uh, Reno was 11 and 13 last year in the RTT. They graduated the 86 slash 98 seniors, brought in the 143 slash 144 freshman that's gross oh. 
Yeah, thank you. <laughs> what, what do you see on this squad? Um, yeah, they really struggled last year. They were an RTT team. Um, they lose, I mean, they lose an NA guy and a backup and, and kind of an inconsequential um, starting starting power forward who was okay, but maybe playing a little bit out of position. But it doesn't look like they're going to do anything to move the needle with, with the players they brought in. Um, I mean, they brought in probably their best recruit would be maybe this point guard. It's 5'11", Zachary Red, seven assists per game, 17 points per game. But that's not really where they needed help. They probably needed a little help on the on, on the rebounding end. And um, uh, I guess maybe aerial battle at 6'10", good rebounder, good passer. Maybe he's a guy you can put in there to give you a little more height. But I don't know if it's going to be enough to, like I said, to move the needle from where they were last year. Yeah, I, I like Zachary. He's probably going to be the best point guard on the roster right away, right? So maybe there's a chance he starts and Max Murphy, who played point guard, can slide over. Uh, right, right, because their shooting guard, like yeah, their shooting guard points. wasn't much last year. Right, and, and if Max Murphy can be like a 20-point-per-game kind of guy, maybe they can be a little sneakier in, in, and look for an upset or two. But I don't think there's anything that will be consistently scary here. Yeah, yeah. I mean, their defense was, was really struggled last year. They allowed uh, over 51% from the field, 57% Ooh. true shooting. Um, and the guys they brought in, with the way their roster is constructed, I don't know if that's going to improve that much. So so I think they're going to struggle on the defensive end. You know, and that came against the one, number 140 strength of schedule, too. So it's not like he was getting blown out by the big boys. Right. All right. Uh, so, so I'll look not so sunny for Reno, but let's look at the bracket overall. <laughs> um, do you want to pick somebody that's not named Reno? Um, yeah. Um, even, I know who you like and uh, Montpelier definitely looks like they're a team on the rise, but I, just based on overall talent, I think I'm going to go with Salt Lake city here. Um, I think they have a lot of talent uh, and while they do lose their one big man, I think they have a lot of options. Um, so I think they're going to have a good uh, good run here. They do play a reasonably tough schedule, and we hope to pin a loss on them in game three. But uh, I think they're going to do pretty well within group, and I think it's not going to take a 6-0 and uh, record to win this group. As If they can get through with a 4-2 and or a 5-1, and I think they have a good chance. Yeah, Jaheim Baker, their small forward, or maybe he's power forward this year, he's going to be the best player in the bracket, and that's usually the kind of guy that, you know, if you're 6-10 and you're the best player, you can win a lot of games like that. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm going to take the upset pick. I, I feel like Salt Lake City will beat Montpelier head to head, but I think Montpelier picks up some extra wins in their schedule. I bet they're going to be like five and one to Salt Lake City's four and two, something like that. So I, I'm taking the upset, not head to head, but I, I think they'll ring up the better record. Yeah, yeah, that's a reasonable take for sure. So any any particular players you think we should point out? Um, well. On uh, Huntington Beach, I think there are some – I don't know if they, they're going to be the best players, but I think there's some important players. Uh, Huntington Beach yeah. loses those two big men. So I'm uh, I'm going to look at maybe a guy like, uh, I don't know, let's say uh, Alan Evans or Marvin Harris, who are both 6'9", because they need big men yeah. to, to really come in and produce. So I think one of those guys is going to have to be a guy that, that's capable of starting right away. Um, and then obviously – with Salt Lake City, um, like I think you mentioned, in Salt Lake City, right? Yeah, Salt Lake City. Uh, with Jason Gardner graduating, you know, it would be maybe a guy like I said, Bruce Hernandez. Maybe he goes in at point guard, and and, and with the switch, really takes off. Yeah. 
I like that. And then, uh, and then I'll, I'll, I'll throw out Max Murphy's name one more time on Reno. Um, if they're going to have a chance, they do need guys who will just blow out the scoreboard a bit. So, um, you know, that, that represents their chance to win. So if he gets up to 25, 30, 35 points, uh, they can be sneaky, but they'll need to focus on that in order to make it happen. All right. I think we've just about covered this bracket. That was a pretty good session there. Yeah, um, I hope so. Yeah. For, for, for winging it, not too bad. <laughs> All right, we will uh, we'll come back with another bracket in just a bit. Uh, thank you all for listening. Have a great day.